You're listening to the Parents of Hardworking Teens podcast, episode 66. Today, I want to share with you an example of exam prep decisions that I recommend students make ahead of the exam rather than in the exam hall, and how this ties into being efficient as well as effective during their exam prep, practice, and revision. I'm Katie Jones, and with over 15 years in education as an award-winning high school teacher, international external examiner, and as a study coach, I've helped thousands of students skyrocket their results and confidence. And this podcast is where I share all my insights, tactics, and tips with you, the parent, so you can help your hardworking team get happy, smart, and successful in their study, and have you both enjoy the journey along the way. This is the Parents of Hardworking Teens podcast. Hey VIPs, I hope you and your teens are doing super well. I decided to record this podcast episode because I just got off a private coaching session with one of my Next Level students where we looked at and worked on how they're going to prep and revise for their upcoming exam block. And one of the things that we talked about most was their English advanced exam, where they have a choice of whether to write a discursive or imaginative response to an unseen extract. Now, they were originally planning on doing a practice of both of those, both discursive and imaginative, then getting their English teacher to review them both and basically see which one was best, which one they were strongest in, and then choose to go ahead with that option in the exam. And I advised against that. So I want to share with you why and what I suggested they do instead to make sure that they are prepping in the most effective way possible. Now, quick but important reminder, I am not an English teacher and I don't mark subject-specific English exams, but I have been an external marker for the NAPLAN writing test and I used to mark the trials for the year 12 QCS writing test. So I'm coming at this from an examination preparation and exam performance angle, not as an English teacher. In fact, I'll share with you just for a second how I even got into marking those particular exams. And ironically, not being an English teacher was actually how I got into marking for those particular exams in the first place. Because in one of my years of teaching, when I was teaching in Brisbane, I was full-time teaching and actually got given a functional English class on my timetable. (laughs) Now, honestly, I am not a believer in the idea that if you can teach, then you can teach anything. I think technically you can, kind of, (laughs) but is that teaching really going to be anywhere near as good as it is in your subject specialism? In my opinion, or for me personally at least, it's nowhere near and nowhere near as enjoyable for the teacher or for the students. (laughs) For me, 
half the reason I went into teaching was to share my passion and love for the subject. So geography was my main teaching area. And I got into that because my career before that, after leaving uni, was in environmental science and conservation. So I loved teaching that. and I had a lot of knowledge around it. And then once I moved to Australia and gradually brought on a second teaching subject, I brought on maths as my second subject. And so, as you can imagine, even though I was assured that it was because of my teaching skills that the leadership team were confident in me taking this class, which is, of course, what people say to you when they want you to do something. They kind of pay you a compliment about it. (laughs) But I was not feeling all that confident to teach English, even though functional English is at a lower level. But I am not one for refusing to do something or causing any conflict at work. Maybe sometimes I should be. I don't know. But I am more of a suck it up and rise to the challenge kind of person. And I was confident as a teacher by then. This was my third year of teaching in Australia. So at least seven years into my teaching career. But I was not confident in teaching English, even at that functional level, which at that time was the lowest level of study in English. It was one below essential English. So it was more about the basic literacy skills. But that also meant that these are the kids that therefore needed the most support, right? So I wanted to be able to give them that support and really, really understand the foundations and the core literacy concepts for myself. So as part of me trying to do whatever I could to improve my skills and knowledge and understanding in this, I applied to be a NAPLAN writing test marker. Now, for those of you outside of Australia, NAPLAN is a collection of national standardised exams for numeracy and literacy done from year three of primary school every two years up to and including year nine in high school. But it's the only exam out of the collection of exams that is actually marked by humans in the NAPLAN tests. It's the writing test, which is part of, of course, the literacy exams. And it was indeed excellent for having me learn, or I should probably say relearn, as I'm sure I must have been taught this when I was a kid, but it's obviously been a while. But learning things like the different sentence structures and paragraphing protocols and what counts as a difficult versus a challenging word for spelling. So it really was super good for all of that. And it was excellent in terms of experiencing, of course, my other love, another type of external examination system and another formal marking guide, how to apply it, dissecting what gets marks, what doesn't get marks, all the things that you know by now I love working on and finding out about and getting behind the scenes of and digging deep on and mastering. So I did NAPLAN writing test marking for two years And then I also applied and got accepted into marking for the year 12 QCS tests. This was really me really going all in by now on all things exam marking. (laughs) So the QCS tests are the Queensland Core Skills set of external exams for year 12s. And I did four or it might have been five actually years of official marking for the short response paper before Queensland moved over to the ATAR system. 
And then as I'd also gotten the confidence in that time and competence really of marking for the QCS combined with the NAPLAN writing test marking, I also took on marking during those years for trials of the year 12 writing test. All of this to say that I am still no English expert by any stretch. A few years of marking for original writing exams and writing tests does not even come close to years of English study and teacher training in it. But when it comes to the exam prep aspect and particularly the decision making elements within those types of tests or exams, that's what I'm going to discuss here. That's what I started to feel like I could really help students with, as well as, of course, the marking guides and you know what they're looking for in those types of tests. And that's really what makes this decision-making idea, this decision-making concept or guidance or advice that I want to share today applicable to any subject or type of exam where there is going to be some element of freedom, so being able to write whatever you want around a stimulus, and yet also some element of constraint, whether it's the genre that you're allowed or directed to write in, or whether it's the topic you need to be writing about. So please do actively consider any other subjects or assessments where this advice could be applied for your teen. But for the examples that I have first-hand experience in, I'll share what these decisions actually look like. So in the NAPLAN writing test, students would know in advance that they will have to write on an unseen stimulus, either in persuasive writing format or as a piece of narrative writing. So they would be told in the exam, but not until the exam, which genre they had to write in, but they would know beforehand that it would be one of those two. They would also be provided with a stimulus, which would be a theme with some prompts and visuals related to it in the exam. And they would have no idea ahead of time what that would be. And then in the year 12 QCS writing test, Students could write in pretty much any genre they wanted, except poetry. (laughs) And honestly, who is writing a poem off the top of their head in relation to an unseen stimulus under exam conditions? Now, maybe that's just me, but that sounds pretty close to the definition of impossible (laughs) in my world. (laughs) Which brings us to the student I was working with and their English exam prep plans. Now, as we've just seen, writing a response to an unseen extract is a fairly common style of exam, especially in English and in other external writing tests, and perhaps also in other more creative or arts-based subjects as well, where your teen is presented with some sort of stimulus. In this case, it is often a quote, an image like a photo or a cartoon, or sometimes even a combination of text and visuals. And they then have to write about something that relates to it. Now, it could be something explicitly named or shown in the stimulus, or it could be more subtle. So, for example, a theme or related issue or an emotion that it conveys or represents. Now, quick side note. If your teen has free choice in a topic for an assignment or for a research project, so not for an exam, but if this is starting to ring bells in terms of other types of assessment, I did a podcast episode on that fairly recently. It was episode 60, all about how to strategically choose a great topic, both in terms of keeping the assignment manageable, but also in terms of 
giving the best chance of hitting those higher level criteria. And I also had a free resource with that episode. So definitely go check that out. But like I said, that's orientated around tasks that aren't under exam conditions. And so the considerations that I advise students to give there just aren't really possible when you need to make a fast decision in an exam and perhaps with additional or different types of restrictions or guidelines on what you could or should do. Now, for this English advanced exam, as well as having to come up with on the spot what they're going to write about in relation to the stimulus, they also have some choice in the genre that they're going to write in. Now, each year, this does change as to whether they get a choice of genre or what genre they have to write in. But for this particular student, for this particular example, because they were internal exams, they knew that they would have a choice. They would be able to choose for themselves whether they wanted to do a discursive or a narrative piece. And this might be seen as a blessing or as a curse, depending on whether your teen prefers clarity and direction or open choice and freedom. With, remember, limited time, because they are going to be in an exam. And like I said, the student that I was just working with, totally understandably, was planning to do a practice of both a narrative and a discursive piece. And then they were going to submit them both to their teacher, ask their teacher to read through them, give them some feedback, and then decide which one was their strongest genre and go with that on the day. Now, I will say that I would definitely rather they do that, so they do have a clear decision to go into the exam with on the day, rather than going in and making that decision on the spot, because making decisions on the spot or in the heat of the moment or under pressure is often, not always, but often a recipe for lots of false starts, lots of time brainstorming, sitting in indecision and basically not getting on and not being as productive with the time that they have available as possible. Because here's the first point that I want to make. My advice almost always is that we want to minimize the amount of decisions being made on the spot, in the exam hall. And that's partly so that we can maximize the time in the exam and reduce the time spent on additional decisions, but also, and this is the second point that I'll come to in a moment, so that we can optimize the preparation for the exam. So it wasn't a terrible plan that they had, but I want to explain more about why I advise the student to make as many of the decisions as possible before they walk into that exam. And importantly, before they started their exam practice. So that it becomes more like preparation for the exam practice for the exam. So reason number one, they have a whole exam block to deal with here. This isn't just one exam they're prepping for and they don't have unlimited time on their hands. So doing two full practices just for English and then waiting for their teacher to review it and then making a decision about which one to do is going to take up a pretty big chunk of their time. And at the end of all that, they've got just one useful practice done. Which leads us to reason number two, that by doing this, they're putting time and effort into something that they aren't 
actually going to use. It's a guarantee that they only need to write one piece and they are practicing two. So the genre that they don't choose is almost a waste of time. Now, I know that you could argue that because they're going to be practicing some overlapping skills, it may not be a total waste of time. But if we want your teen to be as efficient and effective as possible in their study, then this isn't the most optimized way to do that. And just for total clarity here, this is different to revising lots of topics. Because there are going to be times where your teen revises something that then doesn't actually come up in the exam. And that is different because we don't know what's going to come up on those exams. But we do have a list of all the things and the topics that could. And if they don't cover something that could be tested, then, well, that's just more like gambling. (laughs) But in this exam, they knew that they would have the ability to choose for themselves and they only needed to produce one. And so here's the sneaky third problem with this. The third reason that I advise against doing this, practicing everything and then seeing what they want to go with, is that it leaves the door a little bit more open for a change of mind, last minute indecision, issues like that on the day in the exam hall. And I've already mentioned why I don't like this strategy of making decisions on the spot because it takes up time and means less focused exam preparation. And if they actually do go ahead and practice both of the options like this student was planning to, and then they got the teacher feedback, or even just decided for themselves that let's say they preferred their narrative, their imaginative writing option, they thought that was strongest, maybe they even then go on to do more prep for that, more practice, there's still that chance that in the moment, because they did technically practice both, they sit there and when they see the extract or the stimulus that's given, they think they could actually write a pretty good alternative. So that would be, say, the discursive piece on it, even though they practiced lots of times on the narrative. And I have seen students do this multiple times. We get their strategy laid out, they practice and prep for it, and then in the moment... They either panic or they genuinely think, I could write something better for this instead, and they change their mind. And I can tell you from all of the mock exams and trials that I've marked, because of course I can't count externals with this because I don't know what that student originally intended to do. But what I do know is when I do see this happen, it almost always results in a performance, a level of achievement worse than they likely would have done if they'd have stuck with the plan or it's worse than I or their teacher expected in terms of their result. Now is there a chance that this last minute switch could in fact work out? Of course but in terms of optimal planning and preparation is it the most effective way to go? No. And in terms of the evidence that I've seen over the years and years and years of exam marking for those who stick to the plan versus those who do a last minute switch, does it usually come out with better or worse results? Worse if they switch. So I'm not trying to be harsh. I'm just sharing my experience. So here's what I always do with students who I work with. We discuss the pros and cons of each option for them personally ahead of time. We review past pieces that they've done 
We compare that to the marks that they achieved and the marking guide and what are their strengths and weaknesses in terms of what's on the marking guide. And we make a decision there and then about which one they will now practice, prep for and actually do on the day. And I'll tell you, I even encourage them, especially if they are someone who does struggle to come up with ideas on the spot, just like I was as a student and really still am today. I encourage them to actually have a couple of universal themes. So universal meaning that it could be applied in lots of different ways about almost anything, really. A couple of those types of themes that they could write about and that they could adapt to almost any stimulus. And I know that that might not be an officially correct piece of advice, but that's what I do. And it means that instead of trying to come up with something from a totally blank canvas, they can adapt and tweak and manipulate something that they've already become confident and skilled in. Because then they'll have had either double the practice and prep because they're now doing one rather than two practices or at the very least they'll have been able to win back half of that time to then spend on other things either that might be revision for other subjects or it might just be some rest or some sleep to give them some life balance along the way it's a little bit like being a jack of all trades master of none versus becoming a master at one thing And so as we're thinking about exam preparation and practice, if we consider, let's say, a musician rehearsing for a recital or a music exam, they're not going to have a couple of different options of what they might play on the evening and keep practicing both of them up to the day and then decide in the moment which one they're going to play on stage. They are going to pick the one that they think they can do the best and the one that allows them to best show off their skills. And then they're going to practice and practice and practice it to become a master of it. And for students in the situation of this style of exam, where they're going to be given an unseen extract or stimulus, they're already then faced with a decision to make in the moment. They have to come up with what they're actually going to write about in relation to that extract or how they're going to tweak (laughs) their universal theme. And that is enough of a challenge to deal with on the spot under exam time pressure. They do not need another decision layered on top. So by minimizing the options and decisions as much as possible on the day, they also get to maximize their practice and optimize their time and effort in their exam prep and in the exam hall. So I wanted to share that with you today. It's a really specific situation, I know, but I hope that it is helpful. And if you know any other parents or carers who might also find this podcast helpful, then please do forward it on to them. However you feel most comfortable doing that, it might be sharing a screenshot, it might be sending them a link, it might be forwarding them one of my emails if you're on my email list. And if you feel able to pay it forwards even further, if you would do them and me a huge favor and share it on your social media or posted it into one of your parents' messaging groups, a Facebook group, a WhatsApp group that you are in, then screenshot your share and email your screenshot 
to me at support and to thank you for helping me spread the message far and wide I will send you a copy of my essay title swipe file the topic and focus system for your team so if you want to share that on the socials or in a larger group that you are part of that would be amazing I hope you have an amazing rest of your day a fantastic rest of your week and I will see you back here on the podcast next week If you're ready to have your teen achieve their best possible results with less stress, then I want to invite you to enroll them in the 10-week grade transformation program, where they're going to learn the key concepts, skills, and strategies to catapult their performance in assessments and exams. It's risk-free. They either achieve bigger and better results with a whole lot more confidence in 10 weeks, or we refund you in full. Just head over to www.rocksolidstudy.com forward slash program and I'll see you there.